This is a Dubai Eye 103.8 podcast. Hi there, welcome along to this podcast. And on this week's Night Shift show, I was joined by Kel, the guitar player, who's so enthusiastic about music as am I. And we took a look at two albums that are turning 50 years of age in 2023. One of them belonging to Sir Paul McCartney and Wings, and the other one to the greatest showman of all time, David Bowie. Do enjoy the podcast and join me live on the show, weeknights 8 through 10, right here on Dubai Eye 103.8. You're listening to the UAE's number one talk radio station. This is The Night Shift with Mark Lloyd. On Dubai Eye 103.8. Yeah, good to have you along on the show. Music aficionado. You're going to love this little segment, let me say. I came across an article about the top 10 albums that are turning 50 in 2023. And um, as he's turning 50, I thought I'd invite our <laughs> Kel, guitarist Kel, onto the show to talk about um, these great albums. Uh, there's some absolute beauties aren't there i mean obviously oh. all released in 1973 what a great year for music yeah and when you when you go through this list it's like it's classic after classic after classic many of them absolutely timeless yeah and sometimes i think because there were so many real good quality albums out that year some of them actually get overlooked mm. you know one of the big ones was dark side of the moon pink floyd and there's been an awful lot of noise about that recently yeah yeah um but it kind of almost shadows things like Bruce Springsteen, Greeting from Asbury Park, seminal album. Aerosmith, Aerosmith, their debut album. There's so many really... Eagles, Desperado. Oh, great. I mean, you can you can reel them off. And, I mean, the top ten sounds amazing. Uh, and what we're going to be going through over the next few weeks, we're going to be taking a deep dive into some of these albums that are turning 50 this year. We both had to choose one this week. And um, kind of I've chosen one. It's very reflective um, as well on my T-shirt, the one that you chose. Um, so what, what did you go for? Which album and why did you pick a Lad Insane by David Bowie. Yeah, I think this is also a little nod to my uh, my good friend Rob Last in the UK, who's uh, a massive Bowie fan. And I remember when I was back in the UK, we had the opportunity to see Bowie live. And, and that was really <laughs> incredible. The Birmingham NEC, uh, it was the Earthling tour, which I think was his last tour, actually. Yeah. And, um, and I've been lucky to see a lot of big artists. I've seen Queen, I've seen Michael Jackson, but I've got to say with Bowie, he just had this incredible presence. We were kind of about halfway down the stalls. Um, so he was at a distance, but there was just something that resonated purely from his presence. It was incredible. So as uh, the first one off this list, had to pick Bowie. Yeah, totally unique and just way ahead of his time. And you look at somebody like Harry Styles now, yeah. 2023, obvious yeah. influences from David Bowie, the way he dresses, yeah. it's know, an interesting charisma. Yeah, it's an interesting parallel because a lot of the times Bowie was almost called uh, like an actor, which he did because he had all of these different characters. And I remember seeing an interview with him and uh, and the interviewer said that almost, I don't mean to like kind of insult you. And he's like, he's like no, that's a great compliment because I kind of am because he... He inhabits the world of the characters that he created. Yeah. If you think of Ziggy Stardust and yeah. all of his subsequent ones, and Harry Styles is uh, he's come from an acting background, but you can see with his visuals, mm. very very strong voice as well. Great melodies, great hooks behind his stuff. So yeah, a huge huge influence on so many artists. Okay, we're going to get to A Lad Insane from uh, David Bowie very shortly. It was his sixth studio album. We'll find out a lot more about it, but. Um, I'm going to go first as it's yeah. my show. <laughs> and I had to choose. I must say, Paul McCartney, for me, when he formed Wings, I thought, 
wrote his best stuff, even better yeah. than the Beatles for me. And I know I'll probably get shot down for that. <laughs> but um, his, his early Wings stuff, I just absolutely adored. And um, I've gone for Band on the Run, released 1973, considered to be one of the greatest albums of all time. And, and I'm, in some ways, I'm kind of amazed that it ever got made because mm. they were heading out, um, they wanted to go somewhere with sunshine um, to make this album and they decided they settled on Lagos in Nigeria um, but some of the band members were not too happy and drummer Denny Sewell and guitarist Henry McCullough actually left the group before they got there so well, the, a five piece band yeah. was whittled down to a three piece <laughs> and that meant that Paul McCartney had to play um, those instruments. He played the drums, percussion, and most of the lead guitar parts on, wow. on this album. Another thing that happened, um, they got um, held up. They got mugged um, <laughs> really? in, in Lagos, and the master tapes were stolen at, at wow. knife point. So McCartney had to kind of remember what was on those master tapes wow. and, and re replicate that on, yeah. on the album, which... I think is just That's, you know a sign of pure genius. It, on a number of levels, I think the disappointment that all of your work has just disappeared and uh, you kind uh, of go, oh, I've got to go back and do it again. But also under that environment, it's just been kind of done at knife point. But I, I think it's an interesting point that you make um, about like him being one of his, his best albums. I think the freedom that he had as a solo artist... I mean, he's very, you know, controversial. You know, what, yeah. what was his, his better period? But I think he had pure freedom to do what he wanted to do outside of the pressure of the Beatles, outside the pressure of being a pop star. All right, he was known, but he set this up completely separately. It, you know, and that really comes through in the songwriting. I think he was a lot freer. Uh, and some of, the, some of the tracks and some of the ones that we'll play tonight are just absolute classics and, and beautiful. They are. And uh, we're going to get into that first song from this uh, album that uh, I've chosen, Band on the Run. And here comes a song called Jets. shows what I know about music. For all these years, this album's 50 years old and I thought it was about the suffragette movement <laughs> and it's nothing at all to do with suffragettes, is it? Well, what's no. it? What, who's Jet? Or what's Jet? <laughs> a pony. 
A pony. He wrote it after a pony yeah, called Jet. He was, he was on vacation in Scotland, and uh, and there was a pony called Jet, and it, he was really taken with the pony, so Lex stuck with him. And uh, and the other part of the writing process, he just had in his head like when he screams out the, the word Jet, that the whole audience can kind of punch, yeah, yeah. punch the air. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, yeah, yeah. After after a after a nice little pony in uh, in Scotland. Amazing <laughs> uh, what you learn on this show, isn't it? So now at least now I know it's about a pony. Um, <laughs> when it came to the producer of this, um, Tony Visconti, he's also worked, of course, along with the other exactly. artists that we're going to discuss. Yeah, yeah. He worked with Bowie, and he, he was um, he actually produced the the Gene Genie on Aladdin Sane. So a, a nice little connection there. Yeah. Um, how did it do sales wise? So yeah, so it did well. It's um, it charted number seven in both the UK and the US, and it sold over five million copies worldwide, which is pretty good going. Again, that's bearing in mind the time as well. That's a lot of uh, that's a lot of vinyl which was shifted. Yeah. So um, as we heard earlier on, it was Paul McCartney, Paul and Linda, and uh, Denny Lane. That was yeah. it. Um, yeah. Making that song that the drummer had left, the bass player had t- took off, guitarist had uh, you know uh, moved on. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> they were left in this studio in Lagos in Nigeria. Nigeria to make this album and here's the title track Band on the Run
So that's the title track to the album. It turns 50 this year from Paul McCartney and Wings, Band on the Run. Just before we get into a few facts, I just want to mention um, the actual cover of uh, of this album. I've got it on vinyl, and it's just got all these um, famous people dressed in... Um, kind of convict outfits uh, like they're escaping a prison there's uh, Michael Parkinson the chat show host Christopher Lee the actor the boxer John Conte uh, James Coburn the actor of course Paul and Linda McCartney are on there as well together with Denny Lane it's a very cool album cover and they're all kind of staring into the spotlight hoping to escape prison yeah I never knew it was Parky yes Michael <laughs> Parkinson's on amazing there, I'll, I'll yeah. have another look at that yeah um, yeah, I think this was... I mean, the, the title, he said, kind of came from a comment George Harrison made uh, about them feeling like he wanted to go on the run from the music industry. And, oh, okay. And so I think the whole thing of what the... It's kind of set around the story of a band kind of breaking free, breaking out of jail and, and, and going <laughs> yeah. away. But really, it was a big metaphor because he was feeling very trapped by the fame and fortune and everything that happened from the Beatles that he wanted to freedom. And he said, like, when the second section comes in, when it starts with the rain exploded this bit here, mm-hmm. he says whenever he plays it at a concert, there's a real sense of freedom. And that's why he put that second part in. Because that beautiful, the first half of the song is just gorgeous. Yeah, so it's, it's like there's it's, different movements in it, isn't it? It's, yeah. it's almost like a classical piece. I mean, you've got yeah. your very kind of mid-tempo guitar introduction. And, yeah. uh, you know, it's almost like live and let die, you know, those exactly. kind of um, tempo changes and yeah. um, feel changes. Yeah, and I think that was it, because he felt very restricted. He wanted to do something musically where he could feel have that sense of euphoria and freedom, which the second half of the song, as we can hear in the background, it's just super uplifting. You want to sing it yeah, and you want yeah. to dance around. It's, yeah, great, great, great writing. If you've got this album, let me know and tell me uh, some of your thoughts and favourite tracks from this album, Band on the Run. It turns 50 this year. We're going to come back with one more song and then we're going to switch track a little bit. We've chosen two albums that are both turning 50 years of age in 2023. You're listening to the UAE's number one talk radio station. This is The Night Shift. On Dubai Eye 103.8. Yes, albums turning 50 years of age in 2023. Myself and guitarist Kel are taking a look at two of them. And we're getting started, or we got started, with Band on the Run. Final track from the album. Late at night when the wind is still I'll come flying through your door I'm a bluebird, I'm a bluebird, I'm a bluebird, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm a bluebird, I'm a bluebird, I'm a bluebird, yeah, yeah, yeah. Touch your lips with a magic kiss, and you'll be a bluebird too. And you'll know 
Oh, that is just... It's gorgeous, is that? I think I'll yeah. play that for Bluebird, our colleague on the Tag 91.1. Uh, what a lovely song. Uh, yeah. It's almost like a bossa nova groove on that, isn't it? It really is, and I think this showcases one of McCartney's geniuses. He's just got this natural ear for beautiful melody, but harmonies as well. Yeah. Because I think that's what really lifts it up. It's a, it's a beautifully simple song in terms of there's not too many instruments on there there's not too much clutter just leaving loads of room for those beautiful voices just to just to sing like a bird lovely stuff then um so that's uh, one album that turns 50 in 2023 it's banned on the run from paul mccartney i played it um just last weekend just to refresh myself it sounded better than ever let me tell you so uh, i would urge you to add that to your collection as it turns uh, 50 another album turning 50 uh, that was my choice band on yeah. the run you went for um an absolutely iconic personality and performer yeah. in david bowie well, just someone who's just continually timed this, arguably a lot of the time ahead of his time with what he did, um, influenced generations to generations to generations from whether it be the music, whether it be his style, whether it was the album covers, whether it was the concepts he created, just everything he did. Even his side projects like Tim Machine and, and kind mm. of bands like that, um, everything he did just had this beautiful kind of creative quality to it which i don't think has been matched by anyone and i think like aladdin saying is uh, just an absolute classic on so many levels Six studio album from david bowie 1973 of course uh, that's why he's turning 50 um as you said it's known for its iconic look uh, uh, let's yeah. talk a little bit about the album cover because i'm wearing a t-shirt of that design tonight you are which is amazing so i'd urge everyone to look on the socials <laughs> to check marks it's, it's amazing the guardian called it the mona lisa of album covers really in, yeah back in 2013 nice. and i think it's it's one of his most iconic uh covers and looks as well although he never adopted that on stage so that that was Did interesting. He? That's no, interesting. No, yeah. And the actual shot of him on the cover, where he's actually looking down, that was the only shot in the whole session where he was looking down. The rest of them, he was looking at the camera, looking sideways, mm -hmm. and he took one just looking down. Now, the interesting thing, he he chose the the kind of um, the thunderbolt, which was kind of because he was in a bit of a juxtaposition where this was his first album where he'd had become famous. And it's right, known as right. uh, the Ziggy Goes to America album because most of it was written when he was doing the Ziggy Stardust tour in 72 in the States. And he kind of had this juxtaposition of being really, really famous and, and kind of getting what he wanted, but mm -hmm. also being surrounded by fame and everything around it. He kind of didn't like it. So you've got this kind of split personality. Yeah. And that's what Aladdin Sane became as a kind of development of Ziggy Stardust. So that's where it came from. But interestingly enough, the bowl that he used came from a logo of a national Panasonic rice cooker that happened to be <laughs> in the flat of the photographer, which is called Brian Duffy. So, um, yeah, you can actually see that logo. I've, I've looked it up online. Really? So, yeah, it's amazing how these kind of things, because yeah. he, he had that in his mind, right, I've got two sides, how do I do that? And then during the session, he just saw this little flashbulb yeah. and said, oh, yeah, pop that on my face if you don't mind. Well, yeah, well we were toying with the idea, <laughs> Kel, of having Jensi, uh, you know, put yeah. that lightning bolt down your face <laughs> yeah. with, with lipstick. Uh, but <laughs> I don't know, uh, you, you know, I felt a bit, a bit self-conscious uh, going home. Let's get into <laughs> our first track. It's the title track from this album, Aladdin Sane.
That's the title track then from another album. It turns 50 this year in 2023 from David Bowie. Lovely piano on, on that beautiful play. Yeah, and, th- and this is, uh, I think, one of the things that made it very, very different and where his headspace was. So yeah. a big influence on the album. I mean, obviously he had the Spiders from Mars there, which Mick Ronson et al. Uh, but he also had Mike Garson, who was a, who's a very, very well-known avant-garde jazz pianist because mm-hmm. he said around about the time he was really getting into jazz like quite heavily really yeah yeah so this is where this come from he said but i don't know how to play it i come <laughs> i come from rock and roll <laughs> yeah and um and this solo we can kind of hear in the background very avant-garde isn't yeah, it yeah well, originally when when mike played it he just played like a normal kind of blues kind of progression and bowie turned around to him and said no 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 it's i don't want, I want that i i want to do your thing do your absolute thing think completely free and it's become like an absolute iconic part of that because it's so out there but (laughs) but again that's Bowie he just marries things which are at complete polar opposites and the interesting thing is this this kind of goes with a juxtaposition because a lad insane is actually a play on the words a lad insane yeah which again is the two kind of juxtapositions of where he was within the music industry mm-hmm. and developing this character, which was a little bit more unhinged and a little bit more unstable as a follow-on from Ziggy. But um, yeah, absolutely. It's one, one of his many, many classics. And uh, yeah, such a great song. Certainly is. It turns 50 this year, the album Aladdin Same. We're going to come back and find out a little bit more about it. This is The Night Shift with Mark Lloyd. On Dubai Eye 103.8, the UAE's number one talk radio station. Yeah, welcome back. I'm joined by guitarist Kel, who's uh, just as enthusiastic about music as I am. And uh, we're looking at a couple of albums tonight that turned at 50 in 2023. Band on the Run was one of them, of course, from Paul McCartney and Wings. Second album that we're into right now um, belongs to David Bowie and Aladdin Sane. And um, heavily influenced by the role stones i believe yeah it is actually and there's some uh, some interesting little facts so but it's thought a lot that this was heavily influenced by exile and main street which was a huge huge album for yep. the stones yeah and it really influenced the sound because it's a it's a much heavier sound on this album than before so tracks like the opening track on the album uh watch like a man is very similar to tumbling dice 
and especially Mick Ronson's guitar tone. It's it's a lot heavier. He actually does a cover of "Let's Spend the Night Together" on mm-hmm. the album. Yeah, yeah. Um, and interestingly, there's a there's a there's another beautiful song on there called "Lady Grinning Soul," which was reportedly about soul singer Claudia Lena, who was Bowie's girlfriend at the time. Mm-hmm. Now, legend has it that the Stone song "Brown Sugar" was written about her as well. So there's all, right. all of these connections. And Mick Jagger also gets a name check on the track uh, Driving Sunday uh, with the line when people stare in Jagger's eyes. So mm. there's lots of lots of influences. So, again, I think this is this is Bowie. He, it's like any great character actor. They take lots of different bits from so many different people, parts and places and put it into something truly unique. Mm. Tell me more about his guitarist because he was in, totally instrumental yeah. in his success, wasn't he? Uh, I've seen Huge. a documentary yeah. about him and uh, you know he was just the, he was like the engine room behind this David Bowie phenomenon. He really was. And I think whilst Bowie probably had lots of kind of inconfidences on what he was doing, where he should go, Mick Ronson was completely confident and I think he was a rock especially around about that time of glam. Because also we have to kind of factor in Mark Boland. Mark Boland was yeah, such a big yeah. star around about that time. And really, during that time, he was he was like the North Star that everybody went towards. So to kind of have your own unique kind of standout was difficult for a lot of bands, to be fair. But I think what Ronson did is he gave Bowie the confidence to go and explore what he did. As a guitarist, absolutely incredible. The tone that he has, uh, it's kind of a mix of, like I say, heavily influenced by the Stones. I hear a lot of Hendrix in there. And a lot of guitarists cite him kind of going, I really want to try and get Mick Ronson's tone because it was just some attitude in the way he played. But again, when you watch clips of him, him and Bowie together, they just there was just this incredible chemistry chemistry between the two of them i think they completely brought the best out of each other's playing by allowing it them to really explore be confident and secure like you do what you want i've got your back and yeah. help them bring yeah. out some of the yeah. best work they've both ever done amazing now the second song that you've gone for is something called the the prettiest star what mm. do we know about this tune yeah interestingly this is another tony visconti connection so this was originally recorded back in 1970 and it was uh, a follow-up to Space Oddity, which was a massive, yeah. massive hit. Yeah. However, it didn't it didn't break at all, so it didn't chart. It it kind of kind of flopped really. But the the, the song it's a beautiful, beautiful song, and it was uh, a love song that he written for his then girlfriend at the time, which was Andy Barnett. Uh, sorry, Angela Barnett, who went on to obviously be Angie Bowie, and apparently he played it down the phone to her on Christmas Eve when he proposed to her in 1969. <laughs> so it's obviously got a lot of sentimental yeah. there. So again, with Ronson, then they re-recorded it. Now, interestingly enough, the ba- um, the Boland connection is Boland played guitar on the original version. And what Mick Ronson's done here is he, he uses the melody lines absolutely note for note with full respect, but it's got a lot more guts. Uh, and it really, really shines through as one of the strongest tracks on the album. And uh, yeah, pretty stuff. <laughs> Break your heart 
So that's pretty star. No wonder she said yes. You know, if you get that play to you as a proposal song down the telephone, you would say yes, wouldn't you? Uh, interesting as well, that connection with jazz. David Sanborn, very famous saxophone, jazz saxophone player, appears on that track as well. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I think that's the thing. He has just just pure quality around him. And that's the thing. He's not afraid to go in a completely different direction. And it just works. But, mm. but that, that that's Bowie. It's just that all of those different connections beautifully coming together and that guitar solo that guitar tone is just epic so cool (laughs) (laughs) epic right then we got one final tune to squeeze in from this aladdin sane album probably the most famous one um uh, a big big hit uh release from uh, the album in the gene genie yeah yeah so this originally started as uh, a bit of a jam with the band uh when they was on tour uh and was originally called bussin um and it was kind of influenced a bit by kind of uh, Muddy Waters, Bo Diddley, kind of that that kind of like swing kind of guitar yeah, thing, yeah. Um, and then reputedly it was recorded in one take. And the lyrically, he said it's about a, a New York lady and a guy who who lives in New York, and this guy's called the Jean Genie, which was a play on a, a French writer called Jean uh, Gellet. But really, this is I think this is kind of his his kind of uh, postcard from from America because it's a real as he quotes a real smorgasbord of Americana with, with what he sings in it. And uh, and another interesting fact on this one, this is where Simple Minds got their name from. Really? Yeah. A line in this song? Yeah, there's a line which says he's so simple-minded he can't drive his module. We'll have that. We'll have that. There as we go. I mean, when you saw David Bowie, yeah. um, what kind of period would it be? And did he include these songs off this he album? He did, yeah. I mean, it was, it was, it was probably about 20, 20 years ago. Um, so it was it was towards like the end of his of his live career. Yeah. But he included this. He included a lot of his big stuff. He wasn't afraid to go back. It wasn't like an artist like, oh, I'm done with that. Uh, and he hadn't toured for a long time. And so he gave the audience exactly what they wanted. They played stuff from it. It was a, I'm sure it was a, the Earthling tour. My 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 friend Rob will uh, pull me up on that if I got it wrong. <laughs> um, but he he was just incredible, and he always does that, especially with stuff like Aladdin Sane, because it's such an intricate song. But he's, he plays it, and he updates them all quite a lot as well. And this one, obviously, is such a classic that that was in there as well. But, yeah, absolutely phenomenal. 
city Strung out on lasers and slashback blazers And ate all your razors while pulling the waders Talking about Monroe and walking on Snow White New York's a go-go and everything tastes nice Poor little greenie Probably uh, his most famous track from the Aladdin Sane album, Gene Genie. I mean, his influence and his kind of fingerprint on pop culture as well, Cal, is just amazing. You know, like the T-shirt that I'm wearing tonight, you know, and uh, I've even got a a bag with, with the Aladdin Sane um, you yeah, know, emblem the, on the front the cover. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, arguably people know that cover more than they know the record. Yeah, and yeah, but I think you're dead right. What he he kind of invented pop culture, pop culture, and it was very much around that time of Andy Warhol, yeah, and I yeah. think they all influenced Debbie each Harry. other, all of that. But I think he was one of the first people who was kind of chameleonic and bringing in so many different influences that you still see till today. And it sounds fresh, it looks fresh, and just so... It doesn't seem real, do you know what I mean? It's mm. such a part of 
but as you say, pop culture, pop history. Yeah. That it's like, did did it really happen? It's always been there. It's, you lucky chappy, haven't yeah. seen him live. Yeah, no, very blessed for that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so there you go. Two albums turning 50 years of age in 2023. I'd get them both if I was you. A Lad Insane from David Bowie. And of course, we heard Band on the Run from Paul McCartney and Wings. We'll probably be doing that again next week with another couple of absolute belters. Let us know any albums that you'd like uh, reviewing on the show that are turning 50 this year. They had to be recorded back in 1973. Cal, great to have you on the show as ever. Absolute pleasure. Thank you. You've been listening to a Dubai Eye 103.8 podcast. To enjoy lots more from Dubai Eye in the United Arab Emirates, just go to DubaiEye1038.com or find them wherever you normally get your podcasts.